I uh, mentioned it downstairs. Thanks um, for the care team for bringing good stuff. Thanks for everybody for contributing. Uh, I think we're getting better and better at um, potlucks as we go by the time. Um, so thanks, Christy and, and team. What a blessing to share a meal together downstairs. Um, if you're wondering, uh, maybe you've been a part of our church for a while, but just wondered, why, why do we eat so much? <laughs> why, why would we take time out of Sunday morning to do what we just did downstairs? I mean, uh, it, isn't it taken away from time upstairs? Um, no, I'm still going to preach for an hour. <laughs> Not really. It's because we place a high value on living life together. It's in part of our mission statement uh, that we're striving uh, to learn what it means as a church to live life together. Um, very few of us up here in the high country have uh, our physical families living close. Uh, some are blessed by that. Uh, most aren't. Um, and so it places even more weight on our need for community and belonging uh, to find that from our church family. Uh, and yes, uh, just sharing a meal together is not some kind of silver bullet where if you go downstairs uh, two or three times a year um, for our fifth Sunday uh, meal or any kind of gathering meal and all of a sudden you walk upstairs and you're like, I have a church family and I'm close with everybody and I know everybody. So that's nice. It's not the silver bullet, right? But it is a way, an opportunity. It's just one more opportunity to connect with others in a meaningful way. Uh, as I was just thinking through a couple of uh, the notes for this Sunday, I was reminded of Psalm 133, verse 1. It says, how good and how pleasant it is that we dwell together in unity. And I was just thinking about that in, in light of our meal and our times that we intentionally hang out. It's difficult to experience unity and love for each other if we don't know each other, Right? It's difficult for us to sense any kind of love or unity for each other if we don't know each other. It's difficult to know each other if we don't spend intentional time together, right? And it's difficult to spend time together if you don't show up. So good job showing up this morning. You guys played an active role in our endeavor to live life together as a church family, whether it's your first Sunday or whether this is your church home, and uh, in speaking our, of our need for each other, can I just lay this out before us? We need each other. And maybe you haven't ever ex experienced that of being, in a, being a part of a church that you felt like, you know what, uh, this is not just that I pop in here wherever I can or whenever I can. I, I actually am needing this church family more than I ever thought I did. We need each other. It shouldn't be any surprise some of us come in here riding high this morning. You're pumped about, well, you're pumped about the food you just ate, or you're pumped that it snowed. And then some of us are the opposite, right? We're like, man, I hate that it's snowing outside right now. I'm just not quite ready for it. Wherever you are, life maybe couldn't be better for you, or the opposite is true as well. Some of us have come in here this morning, really struggling in one way or another. 
we struggled to sit around the table with people and act like things were okay. Maybe tears were right on the verge for whatever's going on in your life. And you know Scripture doesn't shy away from talking about the reality of struggles and doubts and fears of all kinds. We quoted this verse often here, John 16, 13. In this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, Jesus says, because I have overcome the world. He's already overcome the world. There's also the reality for all of us at some point, but, but even, again, some of us just this morning, presently, maybe we're experiencing what John refers to in 1 John 3 as the condemnation of the heart. The condemnation of the heart. And FYI, when the Bible speaks about the heart, it's different than the way our culture speaks about the heart. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. It'll be on the Bible app if you're following along on the Bible app as well. See, our culture says things like, follow your heart, trust in your heart, believe in your heart. And scriptures say something altogether different actually says the opposite. Jeremiah 17, chapter 9, says the heart is what? Deceitful. Wow. Okay. So the heart's not trustworthy? Like you can't follow your heart? The heart is deceitful above all things. And so I, just, I was just processing this this week, above all things? Deceitful Above all things, because I could think of some things that are deceitful or by nature uh, are trying to deceive me, or, or even culturally, the messages we hear in culture, deceitful above all things, the heart is. And then it continues, and desperately sick, even. Wow, that's not the way our culture talks about the heart, right? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Who can trust it, right? One translation says, who can trust it? Which is implied there, the heart is deceitful above all things. If something by nature is deceitful, then you can't trust it. That sounds drastically different than follow your heart, trust your heart. And so while we acknowledge, and this would be the pendulum swinging the other way, while we acknowledge that the heart and the seat of our emotions, they're it, our hearts are God-given, right? Our hearts are God-given as the seat of our emotions, a vital piece of who we are as His creation. I think with the authority of the Scriptures, we could say that our heart should definitely be on the bus, maybe just not holding the steering wheel, right? Our heart's deceitful above all things, and so when John speaks of the condemnation of the heart uh, or those times when the heart condemns us, when our own heart condemns us, I think he's speaking of times when we doubt our salvation. Maybe times when our heart causes us to doubt his love for us. Maybe when our heart condemns us is when we doubt our identity as his child. And we've all been there, again, some of us even presently right now. We feel like our hearts are 
hurling condemnation at us. And maybe you haven't articulated it that way. Maybe you haven't processed it that way, but maybe that's what's going on with you right now. Let's open to John, 1 John chapter 3 as we continue to spend time in 1 John. And I don't have a whole lot of stuff for us this morning just based on time, but I do want to spend some time in the Scriptures as we always do. Uh, it'd be an abbreviated time for sure, but some time in the Word nonetheless. And so, 1 John chapter 3, verses, uh, we're going to eventually read 19, 20, and 21. So start with me in verse 19. John says this, By this, we'll get back to what the this is, but by this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. Well, okay, so our hearts are needed our, our hearts need reassuring from time to time, if not on an ongoing basis. Our hearts need reassuring. Again, he's going to get to it because of the condemnation that our hearts throw toward us. But by this we shall know or find assurance that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. Well, by what? By what's the this? How will we reassure our hearts when our hearts condemn us? How will we find reassurance? When our hearts are in a place of doubt, what's the this? Well, it's what John's just wrote about. You guys know we read in context here when it says, when we start with a verse that says, by this, and it's referring to the verse above it, you know we go back to that. And if we go back to that, it just take a time, we won't read it all, but what John has just laid out is the importance of love for each other. The importance of loving each other, not just in word, but in deed. And so if we're following what John's saying here, by this we shall know that we're of the truth and reassure our heart before him. Well, how, how do our hearts find reassurance before him? It's by actively loving others. How do we find reassurance in the face of doubt? We find opportunities to show our love for each other. In times of doubt and discouragement, our hearts Here's what can happen with our hearts in times of doubt or discouragement. Our hearts can kind of get folded in on themselves. Our hearts can kind of get folded in on themselves. Inward facing, so to speak. And when we actively show love to others, it's like our hearts are reminded of the same posture Christ had. This outward facing posture. Philippians 2, where he sacrificed himself even to the point of death. When we love each other, our hearts are turned back outwards instead of in on themselves. Let's keep going. Verse 20. For whenever our heart condemns us. So whenever. So that, that's saying it's going to happen, right? Whenever it happens, whenever it comes, whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And he knows what? Everything. Here's the encouraging word this morning. If you're in this place of, of feeling the condemnation of the heart or in a place of doubt or needing assurance, here's the, here's the assurance. Here's the encouraging word. In those moments when our hearts are trying to condemn us, when we're doubting his love for us, when we're doubting our identity in him, 
when we're maybe discouraged by what seems to be our constant failures and struggles, when we're not sure what's up and what's down, when our hearts feel like they've been through the blender, there's a truth we can grab a hold of. In the imagery I came to, Dave, you'll get this, is a lighthouse in the middle of a storm. There's a, a lighthouse. What's the truth that we can look to? What's the truth that we can kind of turn our rudder toward uh, of our ship and point it at some truth like a lighthouse? What's the truth in the midst of that? Well, the truth is this. God is greater than our hearts. That's what the scripture just said. God's greater than our hearts and he knows everything he knows of your desire to follow him in spite of your failure he knows of your desire for more faith he knows who you are and as a believer in Christ here's who you are you are his and he knows it even the moments where we struggle to remember or struggle to to go back to who we are, our identity in Christ. He knows. He knows his children. I was thinking of um, my own kids. If you're a parent, you'll specifically get this. And um, I have, uh, we don't have a lot of mud up here, uh, even though we have a season called mud season where there's some mud um, down in the south, more where I grew up, there's mud, mud, like black, dark mud. And at some point, I think everybody that grows up in that culture, at some point you have pictures of your kids like playing in the mud, like covered in mud. And regardless, and I just had this picture of, of if my kids were standing there before me years ago and they're with a whole group of kids who have been playing in the mud, and just picturing that they're covered head to toe in mud I don't have a hard problem. I don't have a problem picking out my kid, right? Even though they're covered in mud, even if it was head to toe, I can look at a group of, of a bunch of kids and go, oh, there's mine right there. I'm not like, oh, they're covered in mud. I don't know which one's mine. I know exactly which one's mine, right? Then I pictured times where we've been with a group of people around a campfire, real kind of shadowy, or out at night, doing something with a whole bunch of people and my kids are there with a bunch of other kids, even in the darkness, I don't have a problem identifying my kid, right? I know who they are. I know what they look like. I've seen them a lot and I know what their body shapes are. I can identify them even in the darkness. And it was just a stark picture for me. When our hearts are in the mud and darkness of condemnation when our hearts fail us, even deceive us, He, our Father, is greater than our hearts. He knows us, and He's waiting to offer us reassurance and comfort and hope. Let's finish up verse 21 here. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, and so in these moments when we find reassurance in Him that He's greater than our hearts and He knows everything. In those moments, when our heart does not condemn us, here's the outcome of that. We have confidence before God. Confidence before God, which is, by the way, is absent when you're experiencing a, a season of condemnation of the heart. You don't have confidence before the Lord. 
because your identity is in question. You're going back to all kinds of lies about who you are. When our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God. That was an encouraging message for me this week as I prepared and and looked at the scriptures and considered what word the Lord may have for me and for us as a church family. And so church, be encouraged today and be assured today by the God who is greater than your heart and knows all things. Let's go to him in prayer. Lord, I'm thankful this morning. I'm thankful for the freshness of the seasons, thankful for changing seasons. God, I confess that there are times that my heart seeks to condemn me. There are times that I even follow my heart right along with culture. There are times that we all, Lord, as your body, we confess there are times that we feel condemnation from our hearts where we need specific reassurance that we are yours. Lord, I thank you that your truth, who you are, what you've done, goes so much farther beyond just the way I feel on any given day that I can go back to your scriptures. I can sense the leading of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we can read your word here and learn and be reminded of the fact that you are greater than our hearts regardless of what I'm feeling, regardless of what I'm walking through, regardless of what condemnation our hearts throw against us. regardless of what lies we may believe that our hearts ultimately through the enemy, the father of lies, may throw at us that we're not really yours. I thank you, Lord, that you're greater than our hearts today. Thank you for that truth, that you know all things, even in moments where I can't seem to understand what's going on in my own heart. When we wrestle to process the feelings and thoughts that we have, God, you know everything. You know me better than I'll ever even know myself. I thank you for the reassurance that comes. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word. Jesus, we thank you for your body broken and your blood shed. And while we're not taking the elements today, we thank you even for a shared meal downstairs where we experience fellowship together where we're reminded of our unity in you. And Lord, if any of us are feeling like we're on an island today, I pray that you would remind us as believers of our identity in you and remind us that we're in a family, Lord, a spiritual family you've given us. Jesus, thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. And we pray these things in your name alone. Amen.